You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Ukrainian police raid intellect service and seize ME-DOC servers. Ukraine's interior ministry says this stopped a second wave of NotPetya. Affected companies continue to recover from the NotPetya infestation. U.S. Cyber Command prepares to parry hybrid warfare. A spyware campaign hits Chinese-language news services. The EU considers adopting a right to repair. And medical information sharing runs into problems in the U.K. I'm Dave Fittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, July 6, 2017. It seems that ME-DOC, the Ukraine's widely used equivalent of TurboTax, was the way the attackers behind NotPetya got their malware onto its victim systems. Ukrainian authorities certainly think so. On Thursday, they raided Intellect Service, whose ME-DOC tax accounting software is believed to be the initial source of Petya, Netya, NotPetya, which we'll henceforth simply call NotPetya. They seized servers they say were primed to release a second wave of the non-ransomware. Affected firms' recovery from NotPetya continued this week, but slowly and painfully. The shipping industry in particular appears to be taking the lessons of NotPetya to heart, especially as it increasingly depends upon robotic material handling equipment in ports and on increasing use of autonomous vehicles. Manufacturing was also hit, and companies have yet to fully recover in that sector either. Consumer goods manufacturer Reckett Benkaiser said Thursday that manufacturing disruption by NotPetya had cost it, so far, £100 million in lost revenue. UK-based Reckett Benkaiser produces several brands you may be familiar with, including Detol, Harpic, Gaviscon, Clearasil, and Durex. It's unsurprising that adoption of new technologies increases attack surface, but it's striking to see the extent to which recovery from NotPetya drove logistics firms in particular to manual fallbacks and shut down manufacturing lines entirely. Intellect Service says it's not responsible for the malware and that its networks had been compromised by hackers. Those hackers, Ukraine continues to maintain, were in the service of Russian government, which attribution, of course, Russia continues to deny. People purporting to be the controllers of NotPetya gave Motherboard an apparent demonstration of ability to decrypt affected files, but the demonstration was too limited to carry conviction. Security experts continue to regard NotPetya as not having been ransomware at all. Most observers are inclined to credit Ukraine's suspicions, and other governments remain wary. 
Germany, for one, expects to be on the receiving end of attempts to disrupt its September elections. That country's domestic security service doesn't think there will be an effort to support one candidate over another, but rather that hostile actors, read Russia, will seek generally to discredit German political institutions. A researcher at the University of Southern California says he's found signs that the same Twitter bots that opposed Clinton's presidential campaign in the U.S. did the same to Macron's in France. His paper is still under review, but early reports say he thinks he's found signs of bots for hire that lie dormant until called into campaign season service. If such operations constitute Russian hybrid warfare, recently concluded U.S. Cyber Command exercises afford some insight into how at least one Western power sees itself parrying them. Cyber operations are increasingly integrated with more traditional electronic warfare and signals disciplines, and even information operations are finding their way onto the battlefield. The University of Toronto's Citizen Lab reports a cyber espionage campaign targeting Chinese-language news sources. No attribution, but it looks like the Chinese government. The Chinese-language sources being surveilled are generally located outside of China proper, and primarily serve the Chinese diaspora. The hackers appear to be located in the PRC itself. So Citizen Lab isn't saying it's the Chinese government, but it's the Chinese government. Coincidentally or not, online leaks about corruption have begun playing a larger role in Chinese domestic politics. Fileless attacks continue to be an expanding threat, and we check in with CrowdStrike's Dan Larson for some updates on protecting yourself against them. It starts by not writing anything to disk, uh, thus the term fileless. No files are written to disk, but it doesn't end there. Um, typically after that, they will use built-in tools like PowerShell or WMI to, to live off the land to accomplish their goals. And then the third characteristic is that they persist in a very stealthy manner. Um, so they set up backdoors that a traditional tool wouldn't be able to you know, detect or prevent so help me understand, the attack itself is fileless, but it can make changes to existing files? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's important to, to understand the backstory here uh, a little bit, to, to understand the motivation of the attacker. So, you know, they work from the assumption that the industry standard protection is in place, right? And, and antivirus technology, uh, in their minds anyway, is likely to be installed on the endpoint, and that's the thing they need to get around. Ten years ago, that was pretty easy. You know, all you had to do was make a new variant before the AV company could update their signatures, uh, and you'd, you'd have an easy go of it. But a really important thing happened ten years ago, which is the AV companies started using cloud-based uh, reputation services that would identify uh, the prevalence and provenance of new samples. And it was that moment when things really changed for the attacker. You know, they said just making a new file. Uh, as an evasion technique won't, won't work anymore. So I need to step up my game. I need to do something other than just make new variants. And the while there's a number of things they're doing now, the most common one is exploit kits. Uh, so you simply have to you know visit a website. You don't have to download a file. You don't have to execute anything. Uh, you visit a website. It looks for vulnerability. Uh, and, and if it's able to exploit the vulnerability, it will start running in memory. People have to understand that this kind of technique is the new normal. Uh, according to our own data, when we respond to incidents, eight out of ten times the initial infection uh, was from a fileless attack. And even um, you know bigger, broader data sets like the Verizon Data Breach Report, they say it's 50-50. 
So this is not an exotic, you know, special kind of attack that's limited to, to small groups of people. This is the new normal for everyday attackers, regardless of what their motivation is. And it's not something that's just reserved, you know, for big governments or big business. This is this is the reality of the new threat landscape for all of us. That's Dan Larson from CrowdStrike. The UK's Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO, ruled this week that the Royal Free National Health System Trust illegally shared data with Google's DeepMind. Although the data was anonymized, the ICO ruled that since the NHS Trust shared the data without the knowledge and consent of the 1.6 million patients involved, the Trust was in violation of the Data Protection Act. The implied consent that Royal Free and Google argued didn't fly, especially since Royal Free didn't conduct its required privacy assessment until after it had shared the information with DeepMind. Royal Free will be fined up to £500,000. A 20% discount is available for early payment. Computing notes darkly that, quote, after 25 May next year, when the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, the GDPR, comes into force, the ICO would be empowered to levy a much bigger maximum fine against both parties, end quote. It seems worth noting that whatever problems may surround this particular information-sharing arrangement, sending patient files via Snapchat, as some NHS doctors in the UK are said to be doing, there being few good alternatives available to them, hardly seems an improvement. Some see a silver lining even in the looming wall cloud that is GDPR. A piece in Healthcare Informatics argues that GDPR will have a salutary effect by driving faster international adoption of interoperability standards, including HL7's FHIR, the Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources. Still other observers see GDPR as fostering the growth of a healthy security culture. Time will tell, actually about 10 months from now, whether the optimists or the pessimists had it right. The European Parliament considers adding a right to repair to the EU's enumerated cyber rights. The proposed measure is being characterized as a blow against planned obsolescence, expected to have collateral benefits in terms of sustainability, environmental friendliness, and in the creation of jobs in repair shops. And finally, remember the crackers with attitude? Straight out of North Wilkesboro, or maybe Moorhead City. The first member copped a plea back in January, and he's received two years at Club Fed. Confederates await their fate in U.S. and U.K. courts. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. 
Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Joe, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. You know, you and I have talked before about uh, always-on devices that monitor in your home, things like TVs and right. and uh, smart devices. Um, I wanted to touch on some of these uh, these cylinders <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that are always listening. Uh, things like uh, Amazon's uh, Amazon has Alexa, Google has their Google Home. Apple recently just announced that they're going to be coming out with a HomePod that'll be coming out later this year. Uh, but then also Amazon has their Echo Look camera. Yeah, which is interesting. Right. It's a it's a camera designed to go uh, in your dressing area. It seems like they're targeting women mostly, right? To help them with um, fashion recommendations, and correct? Things like yeah, this. It's, it's got a, a fashion built in fashion sense or something. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, and and, that, and that's that's all well and good. But <laughs> I imagine you probably had the same thought that I did. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? No, let's put a camera in the bedroom where you're changing your clothes. Exactly. <laughs> But, but but you wanted to make the point that you know in general you think Amazon does a good job with security. I, I think they do. I think they that they do a very good job of security. But there is no such thing as perfect security uh, and a perfectly secure system. While one of the people I try, I'm, I'm an Amazon customer. I I enjoy being an Amazon customer. I've I've never had a problem with them. Uh, some of the things that they've done have actually impressed me. The like for example the the way they check users' passwords by by essentially uh, what I'm assuming is cracking them and then letting users know you need to change your passwords to to make these more secure. Hmm. That's a proactive security measure, and uh, I love seeing companies that do that. Yeah, maybe there's a market for a, an Amazon look cover or some kind of doily that you put over the, you know. Right. <laughs> Once you're dressed, you pull it off, you do the big reveal and yep. say, uh, hey, how do I look I, now? Do I or look now, or you just don't keep it in a, you, you keep it in a place where you're, uh, you know, where you're not changing. You know, right. You, you, right. Uh, or maybe like you suggest a cover. I think that might be the best thing because I can't think of a place in my house where where I'm 100% sure that I'm not going to be walking around in a, in a state that I'm okay with everybody seeing me. You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's, well, you shouldn't have to think about it. I should right? inside I your own home. You shouldn't have to think about exactly. it. Exactly. And I go back to the story about when the Amazon Echo came out, and I was like excited about it. This sounds great. And I said to my wife, we should get one of these. And then she says, I can't believe you of all people want to put essentially a bug in your house. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't, hadn't considered that. <laughs> yep. Convenience over security, Joe. People choose convenience every single time. They do. All right. All right. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for joining us as always. My pleasure, Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, 
Banta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Oh, 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 oh,